tremendous addition of hoopsologies in the lab, adjusted a map breakdown which teams in the Eastern and Western Conference are contenders and pretenders. The season may be young, but there's been a bunch of teams that have risen to the top of each conference. But first, we give you an update on the NBA awards, such as MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, and a lot more. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. In the Lab episode number three. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the point god of this show, Mr. Justin Goodrum. Justin, how are you doing, man? Doing really well, especially, you know, after all the election coverage and no basketball. What a bummer. So I know, glad just right? to get a full slate of games and, you know, everybody focusing on what's happening on the court instead of, you know, other stuff on social media. So it's, it's glad to be talking basketball again. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing well. Same thing I, I was mentioning to you yesterday. Like, gosh, I, I wish there were some games. I, I get, you know, the NBA has this message that they're promoting and all this stuff. But, man, I would have liked to have some basketball to watch at the same time, selfishly. Yeah, they get early but, vote. Uh, yeah, they still right. play games. Yeah. Right, for sure. And, yeah. and that's what I did. And Me too. <laughs> sitting there like, man. I don't want to, you know, be doom scrolling or anything like that. So thank goodness, stayed away from all that nonsense. But we are here today to talk about certainly more fun things than that is our goal. Uh, We have actually some pretty impressive shifts in NBA awards. So we've got a little award watch that we'll start off with. And then I want to talk about some contenders and pretenders in at the top of the East and West Conference. We are, believe it or not, already an eighth of the way through this season. Some teams have played up to 11 games already. So season already feels a little bit like it's flying by. Just so you guys know, we are looking at odds when we're looking at these awards and things like that. And uh, we are using bovadasportsbook.com to check in with those odds. So that's where we're getting our numbers from. Uh just to kind of put some context in the conversation there. So real quick, we'll we'll just blast through these awards here, Justin, and get some quick thoughts on that. If, if there's any surprises, of course, I want you to bring that up. Of course. Um, but taking a look, and we'll, we'll start with the Big Kahuna, of course, the NBA regular season MVP award. And what you'll notice here is that Luca and Giannis have separated themselves from the competition and it's early, but when you look at their numbers, it's no surprise. Um, we've got Luca has the slight edge right now as the favorite at plus 275, Giannis at plus 300. Both of their teams doing fairly well. Luca has that, I would say, slight edge over Giannis in that he has less help on his team, less established success on that team. And so Giannis, I mentioned, is at plus 300. The next closest is Jason Tatum at plus 800. So you can see the separation there. And then followed by John Morant at plus 1,000. Steph Curry at plus 1,500. Some stats for you with Luca. He's averaging right now a ridiculous 36 points per game with eight rebounds, <laughs> eight assists. numbers. That's right. Filling <laughs> up the stat sheet. And he's also averaging with that 1.9, so very close to two steals per game. Giannis, also pretty ridiculous. 31.8 points per game. 
12.2 boards per game and 5.3 assists. So this is a little down for Giannis compared to other years. Uh, like I've, I believe compared to years that he's won the MVP in the past, he's also averaging a steal and 1.4 blocks per game. Interestingly enough, both of these players shooting less than 30% from the three point line which I, I found interesting, not too surprising, I guess. And Luca is a volume shooter very much so this season, but that was kind of one of those things with Chuck Cooperstein that yep. we were kind of talking about had to improve for Luca. So any thoughts real quick on the MVP award? No, you uh, took the words right out of my mouth of Luca. I think it comes down to expectations, team strength, and then also, you know, injuries. And, and I think with Luca, this is kind of his awards to lose. I think we've seen with this, the awards committee, it's really hard to, you know, give that award, you know, multiple times. And this with Giannis winning it, I just think the odds are scat stacked against them against some really high competition. And I really think if Memphis is top three, if Dallas is top three within this playoff seating, I think it's going to be awfully tough for Giannis to win that award between John Moran and Luca. I just think it's going to be really, really difficult. But it's going to be fun to see. I mean, I think it's for for me at least. I think another factor in this is entertainment value. Luca always has an entertaining play. You know, something that's going to get the you know people going on social media. Him and John Moran. I think that's a factor in all of this as well. Just the yeah. social media element, um, and with with Giannis, he's spectacular too. But I mean, compared to Luca and John Morant, I think they're going to have the more you know sensational plays. Yep. Yeah, I think the path is right there for Luca right now, um, and I do definitely agree with that voter fatigue narrative. So perhaps a little bit of regret on my part in picking Giannis as my MVP prediction, but. Uh, you know, Luca is certainly well deserving to this point of the year. Uh, so it's still early. People get no hurt. regrets there. You never know. That's true. Well, yeah. knock on wood. Let's hope that doesn't happen, know, of right? course. But, um, but yeah, I both of them separated from the pack, like we said, and they're neck and neck right now. Moving right along, taking a look at the sixth man of the year award. This one might be the most interesting shift that we have in these awards. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we both picked, I know I did, Jordan Poole as yeah. the sixth man of the year candidate. He had the narrative going in. Seems like people have kind of forgotten about that. Plus, the Warriors are struggling at four and seven right now at the time we record this podcast. So Jordan Poole is still in second place here and separation between him and the third place guy, Christian Wood. But an unlikely favorite emerges in Russell Westbrook, who has accepted a role off the bench and has been for the most part, excelling there for the Lakers compared certainly to when he was a starter. So again, on Bovada, Russell Westbrook plus 120 right now, the favorite Jordan Poole plus 300, Christian Wood plus 700, Malcolm Brogdon plus 2000 for the Celtics, and then Bones Highland at plus 2500. There's yeah, your top shut five right now. Yeah. 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 He's been making some noise as well lately. Um, so I, so I guess I'm perplexed because there's still some what of a chance that Westbrook gets traded this year, which would totally potentially just uh, scrap this whole <laughs> six man of the year uh, contention for him. 
do you see, uh, I mean, if things stay as they are right now, would you change your mind as far as him being that sixth man of the year candidate? I mean, another thing certainly is team success, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And honestly, I think these odds are from his reputation mm. more than anything else. I just think he's the, clearly the biggest name on this list, right? Um, former MVP. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it too. And I think you're right, Matt. I think the Lakers... I just think they're going to struggle. I, I and I, you're more of a LeBron fan than you know than I am. I I, re, I like LeBron, but I think you're probably <laughs> totaling our friendship. <laughs> You've been uh, sure, more of a sure. LeBron, um, you know, follower than me. And sure, this fair. this season he has struggled, even though his yeah. his numbers are really um, sensational in terms of his field goal percentage. He he has struggled. So if their shooting doesn't improve, I just don't think this team is bound to really do anything. And I just don't see the value of Westbrook winning six man of the year. I mean, Anthony Davis is apparently on the trading block. So there's just a lot of moving parts, <laughs> a lot of just kind of doomsday scenarios with the Lakers. And with that, unless they make some kind of dramatic improvement, I don't see how there's any kind of a shot Westbrook wins this award, even if he has great stats coming off the bench. Yeah. That's why for me, great points there. Um, I, I'm not a gambling man, but if I were, I don't know. The chaos of that team right, right now <laughs> would really make me hesitate. Some interesting kind of, um, you know, further down the line in terms of odds, but Colin Sexton is on this list. Anthony Simons, I, I think are both kind of interesting. Kevin Love also at plus 7,000 for Cleveland. Is Simons has been interesting to me as well. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everyone likes a narrative with that. And I think Kevin Love has a solid narrative, you know, he's going to get a lot of, um, maybe it's not the right way to phrase it, but like sympathy vote, like a lot of people rooting for him for the time he served in Cleveland and kind of struggling without LeBron afterwards and kind of being a good soldier for the most part for that team. Um, so moving right along to the next award here, we do have some pretty big shifts here looking at our coach of the year candidates and again odds off of bovada jb bickerstaff and will hardy are tied in the top spot for this jb bickerstaff coach of the cleveland cavaliers who we just mentioned there will hardy the coach of the improbable number one seed in the west right now utah jazz so makes sense why he's up there joe Missoula for the celtics is plus plus 900 so i'm sorry both Bickerstaff and Hardy are plus 550. Joe Mazzulla plus 900. Budenholzer, who is my pick for Coach of the Year, plus 900. Chauncey Billups, I like that, at plus 1,000. And uh, then we have several, including Willie Green, who we talked about a bit last episode. Yeah. Um, he's at plus 1,000 as, 1, as well, tied in that fifth spot there. So, you know, I, I think it's fairly obvious why that shift happened in terms of the success that those teams have had. I think Cleveland certainly much less surprising than Utah. So if the season ended today uh, after 12 games, uh, the Jazz, I, I would give it to Will Hardy for sure for what the Jazz have done. Any thoughts on this shift or moving forward if you think any of this is sustainable for them? I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Utah Jazz. Um, just talking to Andrea Urban, she covers 
the Utah Jazz, and it seemed like there was some optimism. I know there's a lot of question marks going into the offseason with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, them both leaving. And I think we've seen, I think she was really optimistic. She, I think she knew something that we didn't at the time. And this was in the summertime. So entering this season, we've seen Laurie marketing be rise as a real contender, as most improved player of the year. His stats have been really phenomenal. He's been carrying this team. So, you know, people had a lot of hype on marketing, didn't live up to the hype in Chicago, a new scenery, new environment seems to really have done him really well um, in Utah. And he has performed for them. So, I don't think necessarily. I don't think they're going to be the top seed in the West. However, I don't see them being, you know, something like a Washington Wizards situation where you know they get hot and then they're just vanish. I think they're going to be in the mix. I think Utah's mm. most recently they they're a quality organization that they know how to win. So um, I think if they you know remain in that kind of top six spot, they don't have to be in the play in tournament. You know, I think Will Hardy might have a shot at you know winning this award for sure. Yeah, and I want to save some of that talk. We're going to talk about Western Conference and yeah. Eastern Conference. But yeah, very good points there. Moving into Defensive Player of the Year. Not too much to update you guys on here, so we won't take long. Getting these odds on Bovada. We have some separation. Giannis at plus 275 now. Rudy Gobert plus 600. And Bam Adebayo. My pick at plus 800. Evan Mobley for Cleveland at plus 900. Interestingly enough, his teammate, Jarrett Allen, in fifth place at plus 1,500. Tied with OG Ananobi, also at plus 1,500. So not too much has changed there. I believe your pick for Defensive Player of the Year was Rudy Gobert. He has taken some heat. Also airballed a three-pointer the other day. Don't know if you saw that clip, but uh, no. <laughs> any uh, any thoughts on Defensive Player of the Year if, if you're hesitant about Gobert at all at this point? Uh, if this was Offensive Player of the Year, yeah, I would. Of course, he's in a three-point <laughs> sure. contest. I'd be highly concerned, but sure, you know, sure. luckily his strength is defense, so um, I'm, I'm sure he, he's going to be a, a top contender there. And like you said, Matt, really nothing too surprising with those odds there. Yeah, I think he he kind of got dragged this week. Just people pointing out his trade value yeah. when talking about, uh, for example, Anthony Davis trade value and things like that. Um, but you know, it, it's a bad week. It's not uh, it's not the end of the world here for Rudy Gobert, and there's plenty of time for the Timberwolves to make up ground. Looking at most improved player, this is another award that has shifted, so I do find it interesting and worth talking about. Looking again at Bovada, Tyrese Maxey now in the top spot here, plus 200. Shea Gilgis-Alexander at plus 500 from the Thunder. Laurie Markkinen, your boy, plus yeah. 600. Tyrese Halliburton, plus 1,000. He was there last time we spoke about this. And Desmond Bain in the fifth spot at plus 1,200. Then you get a big drop-off for the rest of those names. But Bull Bull. Has also <laughs> been creeping up on yeah. this list, which is cool to see. He's making some noise, yeah. He's been getting some burn in Orlando. Another person who I love on this list, Alperin Shangun, yeah. uh, is also climbing. I mean, he's he's not very highly likely to win this award at this point. But, hey, if the Rockets make some noise, he is deserving of it. Um, so thoughts on this. I mean, of course, Harden has had his injury for this past month. So it opens the door here for Tyrese Maxey to make some 
cover some ground on this. He's getting more usage. He's scoring more points, had a couple 30 plus point games. And uh, now you see him at the top of this list. Uh, another thing I'll add before I throw it to you is sure. Jalen Brunson has fallen significantly on this, which surprises me. That was my pick for most improved player of the year. He's sitting at plus 8,000, same odds as Alperin Shangun. Your thoughts on this MIP shift and yeah. can we put any faith in these numbers at the moment? I think right now I put a lot of money on Desmond Bain. Um, of course, mm. you should follow your own advice in terms of betting. <laughs> but <laughs> sure. um, if, if it was just myself and I were to participate, I would say Desmond Bain or Laurie Marketing would be kind of the, the hottest um, names on that board. Um, I think Bain has been underrated for Memphis. If you watch any Memphis games, you know, it's basically him and John Morant being the driving force of that team. And he's really, really underrated. So I personally, to me, I'm looking at a, at those two guys, Bain and marketing kind of be into two favorites there and Simons as like a, as a third pick as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with all that. Looking at the last award we have here, this is no surprise. This is going to be quick because you and I both picked Palo for rookie of the year, (laughs) but just to show you guys the separation and how legit he has been as an NBA star already in his rookie season. Again, odds here off of Bovada. He's our only, award contestant in with a minus odds on him. So right now you're getting Palo at minus 1000. Um, so if you wanted to bet on him, I hope you did it way back when we first <laughs> talked about this. Agreed. Uh, Benedict Matherin from the Pacers is next at plus 700. Then you have Keegan Murray plus 2000, Jaden Ivey plus 3000 and Jabari Smith jr. Of my Rockets at plus 8,000. So, not much to say here. Paolo's amazing. He's proven it. He's putting up numbers and he is, he is getting a huge role on this magic team. They are just totally embracing him. Any other thoughts on that? Um, not so much. I would say, I, I think you would co-sign this Matt. If you have leak pass, check out the magic, check out Paolo. He's incredible. I, you know, we're talking in our, our text chain with our buddies. He's going to be a future star in his league. I think in a future MVP candidate, just give him a few years. He is that good and that talented. Mm, yep. No disagreement there. We're going to move on to looking at the standings right now, yeah. talking about contenders versus pretenders. We'll get the party started in the Eastern Conference here. The Bucks at the time of this recording are nine and one. The Cavs are in second at eight and two. The Celtics are uh, seven and three. And the Hawks are tied with them, sitting in fourth place right now at seven and three as well. So there's your top four in the East. Wanted to also show you guys some division winner odds, again, from Bovada. Celtics, well, all these teams are favored to win their division. So Celtics minus 200 compared to the Raptors next at plus 500 in that Atlantic division. The Bucks at minus 275. The Cavaliers, um, so they would be the one exception they're not the favorites. They're at plus 200 in that same division as the Bucks. Uh, Bulls next up at plus 2,500. So pretty big separation, even early right now for this Cavaliers team with the Bulls, who had a good amount of success last year, as you well know, Justin. And then the Atlanta Hawks are minus 120, pretty far ahead of the Miami Heat at plus 110, interestingly enough. Uh, so there's your 
odds from Bovada on the Eastern Conference standings. And I want to just go through, let's start at number four. I'll throw it to you. We can just kind of go back and forth if we agree or disagree. And, and I kind of want to know right now, Justin, not not in terms of if you're believing in this team as like a successful team, but let's talk specifically home court advantage, whether you think these teams are going to hold in that top four spot, or if another one of the teams from below them right now at the East, I think you're assuming probably bulls 76ers and the Miami heat are going to rise from the ashes that they're in right now. 76ers at five and six, course they had that james harden injury that we mentioned the heat slow start at four and seven and then um the bulls right at six and six so not far behind any of these teams uh and then of course you got to consider too if if you believe jacques vaughn is going to turn things around in brooklyn uh the nets are at four and seven as well tied with the heat so contenders pretenders let's start at that four spot with the hawks do you see them as a home court advantage team based on what you've seen so far this year um i do not it's close it it really is um i think the easiest way to do this for me at least is to kind of eliminate kind of the teams on kind of that um nine through five spots i would say probably Probably take out the Wizards, probably take out the Knicks. So taking mm. those teams out, I would say seeing the Bulls play multiple times, and maybe this is my bias, so you know, you could get on me on the comments. But I would <laughs> say the Bulls have a lot of depth, and I think they've been disrespected. I think everybody's been dismissing them just because Lonzo Ball's been hurt. And I like Lonzo Ball. He's a huge part of their team. He is the X Factor. However, I do think they have other players that have been stepping up, and they can be a factor in kind of moving into that that fourth position if they stay healthy. And I think we've the Hawks, we've seen some inconsistency with them. At the same time, you know, Trey Young is a certified superstar in this league. So I'm just thinking with stability, honestly, looking at it, and I know I might be jumping ahead, but I just think with the Hawks and Cavaliers, I won't go too much into it, but I would say it's kind of kind of down to those two teams in terms of kind of, okay, those two teams maybe, you know, experience some growing pains and which two teams in the bottom will, you know, take their place. But for me, I think with the Hawks, I've seen some vulnerability from them. So we'll see. We'll see what happens as we get towards the, you know, latter part of the season. You know, the East, while we've been praising the depth and the improvement, a lot of injuries could derail what's going to happen here. I mean, you can't really dismiss the Toronto Raptors as well. So um, in a nutshell, I think the, the Hawks are probably the most vulnerable. Out of those and players. I think a lot of reliance on Trey Young, obviously. And, and I don't know if over time, I mean, certainly we've seen that get them wins in the regular season before when you have less time to plan for them. We've seen that um, work well one year in the playoffs work, uh, not as well in other years. Um, so I, I think I'm with you here in terms of the Hawks being pretenders as a top four seed in the conference. I do think they are going to drop off. I think one of those other teams, if not more, will displace them as we go through. You know, it'd be fun to check back in on this as we may very well do, you know, around all-star break or even around Christmas to see how things have changed. I'm going to go ahead and take this next one. I think you and I are probably in agreement on it. And the Celtics, I have to say, absolutely are contenders. They are even off to a slower, 
well, not slower than last year, but I think a slower, clunkier start than we would have expected following their run to the NBA Finals. And keep in mind, they also don't have Robert Williams. He's He still needs to return from injury. So I think the Celtics are going to continue to contend. And I think when it's all said and done, they will easily have home court advantage. I'd be surprised if they aren't a top three seed, um, to be perfectly honest. So Celtics, I have as contenders. Any other thoughts on them or, or disagreement? Um. A little bit of surprise just through kind of the turmoil in the beginning of the season. But True. in terms of how the roster is created, the veteran leadership, I think that speaks well to the Celtics being an actual contender to win the championship. Just with a lot of just heat on them, if they were struggling, I think they'd be getting constant questions in terms of, you know, the off the court stuff being a hindrance to their on court success. So the early great start, I know it's a little bit slower than what they expected, but I think it, this is phenomenal for them just considering what they've been through in the early part of the season. Absolutely. The Cavaliers are eight and two. So Justin, I'm kind of giving you the harder ones here because then mm-hmm. I'm going to end up with the Bucks. Um, <laughs> and I think we can both just get that out of the way. The Bucks are contenders. <laughs> I don't think we need to say much uh, unless you have a strong disagreement. No, no, um, no. But looking, finishing out this top four, the eight and two Cavaliers who have somewhat surprised with at least how quickly it's gelled. I don't think it's a surprise that they've been successful. You and I both liked the Donovan Mitchell move overall, but when it's all said and done, do you see them as a top four seed contenders or pretenders for that? Oh, it's tough because, you know, we're dealing with the team, like you said, that, you know, they're, they're trying to gel and there's, you know, a lot of pressure in terms of, being a elite team in the Eastern conference. And we've seen with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell becoming a really dynamic backcourt. I think there's a shot for them. Maybe this, the sneak in ender. I think what we have to watch for is again, what, what are really three teams around my mind? Really? It's Brooklyn. They're a huge question mark. They're going to go out of blaze of glory, rebuild, or they can turn it around. I mean, they, you know, with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, that is hard just to count them out and just to say they're finished. That is really difficult just to dismiss them just based on what they can do every single night. And just focusing on even the 76ers with James Harden and with Joel Embiid. I mean, that's another team that could get hot too. And along with their depth that they are a factor in this. And as well as, again, my bias may be showing here, but Chicago. And look at mm-hmm. Toronto as well. So all these teams could be totally different besides Boston and Milwaukee, to be honest. I mean, I think they're all pretty much on the same level, just given some breaks, injuries, hot streaks. I mean, you just never know. So I think for now, I would put them in the pretender camp, but with an asterisk. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think I'm with you here. I have them as pretenders as well, um, simply because of, The recent history of the franchise has been the past few years to get out to a hot start and then back off. I do think this roster is much more talented than any of those past years with Garland and and Sexton in the backcourt. But I, I think if an injury comes up, I'm not as confident in their depth as some of the other teams to, to fill those gaps. So I could see them taking a dip in the standings because of that. But, Of course, both you and I very pleasantly surprised with them. 
Um, but yeah, we're, we're in lockstep here. So we've got the Hawks and Cavaliers as our pretenders right now, Bucks and Celtics, certainly as contenders, those teams are also two of the top, um, title contenders right now by the odds. We're going to do the same exercise quickly in the Western conference here. So we have, um, in terms of our division winner odds again on Bovada, we've got, uh, the Nuggets, who are the four seed right now, there's a there's basically a three-way tie for second place here. Three teams at seven and three through these first 10-plus games. Um, and then you've got the Jazz, <laughs> unbelievably almost yeah. at, at that nine and three. Um, so in terms of odds with the division, the Nuggets are favored <clears throat> minus 130 to win the Midwest. And then the uh, Timberwolves, I'm sorry, I believe that's Northwest Division. Timberwolves are plus 350, Trailblazers plus 350, and then you have the Jazz, even though they're the one seed right now at plus 1,000 for that division. So Vegas predicting uh, a drop-off for for the Jazz. Uh, That doesn't surprise me too much. We'll talk about that. The Phoenix Suns are favored to win their division, uh, the Pacific League, Minus 140, then you have the Warriors plus 300, and the Clippers, who everyone was crazy about early on at plus 300. And then lastly, in the Midwest, you have the Grizzlies favored to win their plus 120 over the Mavericks at plus 150. Um, <laughs> Rockets right now, plus 50,000. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's take a look and, um, We've talked a lot about the Nuggets, so I'll let you lead off with them. You are in Denver, uh, in that area. What do you think of the Nuggets as contenders or pretenders for hanging on to a top four seed in the West? Uh, yeah, they're a contender. Um, just seeing Murray return, just seeing um, the Joker being in full form. We talked about Bones Highland. I watched him play twice. They have a lot of depth. I think even Aaron Gordon's severely underrated on that team. They're, they're going to be a contender. I think the question is when we get into the the playoffs is what happens with their depth with injuries and really with the Joker and correct me if I'm wrong in terms of the, like, we're talking about NBA finals. We're talking about like Western conference finals. So not like the first or second round of the playoffs, but I think it's fair to say what happens with this Denver Nuggets team when they face, if they, if, if it happens to be that way, a Golden State Warriors and maybe the Western Conference Finals, or if they haven't to make it to the NBA Finals, if they have to when they face the Milwaukee Bucks, who have experience in the NBA Finals as well, or the Boston Celtics. I mean, that's going to be a huge question. The Finals is different. The intensity is different. Every single game is scrutinized. So, I think in that regard, there are some questions with, you know, with that team. I think with the Nuggets, they're built for it, but I think in terms of you know, locking down home court. I think they are a a bona fide contender for sure. I think they're still built for putting points on the board. I don't know if they're built specifically for playoff defense. Gordon certainly helps them in that, in that end, but Jamal Murray and Michael Porter jr. Guys who have to get a good amount of playing time based on what they're paid even. And, and also their Supreme offensive talent. I just don't know that ultimately in the playoffs, they can, do enough on the defensive end to win that plus minus advantage for how many points that they're able to put on. That's valid. Uh, 
I think that's going to be the long-term question of this team and what can you do around there? Uh, Jokic also not the greatest rim protector doesn't have to be necessarily, but I don't think he has much help around him on the defensive end. I, I wouldn't say Jokic is a vulnerability defensively against other centers in this league, but you got to have standouts on the defensive end too. And I think it has to be more than just Aaron Gordon. So uh, I agree with you though, a hundred percent. You and I were both high on this Nuggets team coming in this season. Perhaps our bias, we've been high on them for a while, but Hey, they got injured. We're, we're trying to see them uh, do something here. We've liked them for a long time and they're just starting to shake the rust off with, with those players. So yes, I'm very high on them as contenders trailblazers. I'll lead this one off. They are seven and three uh, listed as the number three, um, third in this division. Sorry. Um, Now keep in mind, I mentioned the contenders in the East, so I'll go ahead and mention some other contenders in the West who we haven't mentioned. The Mavericks, who we've talked about a lot with Luca and how crazy he's playing. The Grizzlies, who were the two seed last year at seven and four right now. The Warriors, who are four and seven right now, but you'd assume would come back. And the Clippers, who everyone has raved about, they're at six and five right now. But most of the media seems to think they were they were making a jump. Uh, I mean, Zach Lowe had them as his NBA finals pick for the Western sure Conference, uh, oddly enough to me. Uh, so long story short, I, I love what the Trailblazers have, have done, but I don't see them hanging on to a top four seed when it comes to getting to the all-star break and beyond and pushing into the playoffs. I do think they will be one of the teams on this list that is bumped from this top four. Uh, I could easily see the Mavericks um, leapfrogging them at some point here. Any disagreement there? Any, any staying power they might have that I'm overlooking? Um, Just with the trailblazers, I think it's very interesting to see the return of prominence of Damian Lillard. Yeah, I think the problem is it's just there's so many teams <laughs> at the yeah. bottom that are like legit contenders, and I just think with the Trailblazers roster, I just don't see them staying there. I I know it's going to upset Danny Morang, <laughs> one of our <laughs> former guests and uh, you know re- contributor um, covering the, the the Portland Trailblazers, and he will will probably have him on this season just to get his insight. But for sure, I just see that the rest of the depth of the West, as it's been in years past. I just don't see them staying in that spot just with, you know, Damian Lillard carrying them alone. Kind of like Cleveland too. I, yeah. I think if they get an injury, yeah, a significant injury to a starter, I'm not as confident in them to be able to make up the difference for that. Um, two seed finally given you maybe an easy one, maybe not <laughs> the Phoenix suns. They are seven and three right now. Uh, they've had drama with, I'm blanking on his name right now, who has been holding out in spite of the injury, uh, I believe, to Cam Johnson. Um, Salsa dancing with LeBron. You know who I'm talking Um, about? Yeah. (laughs) He was on the Celtics. He was on Cleveland. I just can't put a name to him. Anyway, I'll find out later. There you go. Thank you. Um, So he's still holding out, um, even though he's got an opportunity for some more playtime right now. But Suns are seven and three. What do you think? Are are they contenders? Are they going to hang on there? Is drama going to bring them down or injuries potentially? 
what do you see for the Suns? Uh, contender. I mean, they've dealt with drama before. I mean, look at the Robert Sarver situation. There's plenty of drama. It can have years past. Um, and they've been handling it. I mean, this team has been, you know, they've risen from from the dead. I mean, this is a team that was dismissed in the bubble uh, to being one of the most – to become one of the most um, – top teams in the Western conference. And I think that's pretty inspiring for the rest of the teams and the rest of the league as well. So I, I see them being a contender when it's all said and done. I think they have some serious questions with, you know, Chris Paul, of course, every single year when we get down to the nitty gritty of like the Western conference in the playoffs, but overall for now home court, I think, you know, sticking with the Suns and, and the nuggets, they are going to be bona fide contenders for home court for sure. Yeah, and I think since the bubble, the Suns still have the best record yeah. in the NBA um, over the span of those seasons. I also suspect the dominance to continue. I think they've actually had quite a bit of luck with Chris Paul and injuries. So knock That's on true. wood that he doesn't get hurt this year for longer. They, they've had to deal with him sidelined, though. So Devin Booker has experience holding it down. Um, but I see them as legit contenders as well. So not much to add there. Lastly, very excitedly and unexpectedly, one of their three losses, oddly enough, to the Rockets. Um, so I was joking back about two weeks ago that the Rockets beat the best team in the NBA when they beat the Utah Jazz. I think the Jazz were 5-0 and at that time. The Jazz are at 9-3, and and to this point, it's still a shocker to me that they have done this well. No disrespect to any of the guys on that roster. There are some talented names, but you just don't have a major star on that roster. Um a lot of guys have been playing out of their minds, and I do wonder how long they can keep this up. I do wonder if people, as teams get more tape on what they do, if they will be easier to slow down than other teams for lack of a super dynamic player. I mean, I think Sexton can be a problem on the offensive end as, as a matchup for sure, but I don't think he's enough that teams have to lose a ton of sleep game planning on this team. So I think they will regress to the mean as we go through, but very excited because it looks like if they don't completely implode, they could certainly be a play in team. They could certainly hang on and, and keep trying as hard as they are. And with their youth, you know, get some wins um, and, and maybe even <laughs> go above the playing team. I mean, if they were a sixth place, that would be an incredible achievement, in my opinion, for this Jazz team. But I do have them as pretenders in this top four. They don't belong here. Sorry. Get out of here. <laughs> Bring in the Mavs, the Grizzlies, or the Warriors. Sorry, Jazz. No disrespect intended. Props to what you've done so far. Justin, your thoughts? No, I agree. Not too much to add. Yeah, too much step in the West, too much experience. And, you know, we head into kind of the, the big months where teams make a run. I think that's where you're going to see, you know, your Warriors, Clippers, Memphis, you know, really prop up to the those other two available spots. So, yeah, unfortunate for the Jazz. But I think there's a lot of room for optimism just in terms of this quick start. Um, I don't think it's a they're a pretender in terms of just, you know, missing the playoffs. Um, I think they're going to be they're going to make some noise in terms of the play-in tournament and kind of the lower part of the Western Conference. So we're on the same page as that, for sure. 
and potentially to Danny Ainge's dismay with, uh, (laughs) and I do wish them good draft karma for coming (laughs) in and trying this hard and competing. I think that's awesome to see because everyone, it was just kind of the foregone conclusion. The jazz are going to tank. It's going to be a tank job. They're just going for Wemby or scoot. That hasn't been the case. They've been continuously competing and I give them tons of props for that. Oh, agreed. Anything else before we wrap up here, Justin? No, that's it. If uh, you disagree with any of our takes, please, please, please email us. That's hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Uh, we read all your comments as well. So feel free to comment, like, and subscribe on this video if you are uh, just watching this on YouTube. And then also just leave us a comment on iTunes as well. We appreciate all the comments, you know, moving on to Underdog Podcast. Um, they've been a great partner. Um, so just appreciate all the feedback and support as well. Absolutely. And furthermore, you know, we do these in the lab episodes on a fairly regular basis. So if you guys have topics you want us to list, if if you want to do part of our work for us and have us (laughs) deep dive in a topic, if you bring up a good topic, we'll probably do it. So be our guest (laughs) in hoopsology pod at gmail.com. He's Justin Goodrum. I'm Matt Thomas. We got to get out of here. Appreciate you guys listening. Take care and peace.